What if somebody had to be let go for cause? What if they were stealing? Insubordinate. Oh, stealing. Stealing, insubordinate, whatever it else. That sounds like a malfeasance to me. Yeah. So like in that kind of a situation, you're not going to have a send-off party for them. No. You're not going to do some of those stuff. I'm not going to crack a bottle of Cabernet Sauvignon. You're not necessarily going to wish them the best unless the best is just never to interact with your company (laughs) again. Jim, I have huge news. I think I know what you're going to say. I think you know. Okay. IMTS is happening. I know. My God. It's been a long four years, yeah, right? I know. It's going to be exciting. There's going to be 1.3 million square feet of technology in downtown Chicago. It's going to be an exciting time. I am so looking forward to seeing everybody in the industry and just seeing all the new technology. Everybody is so excited to get going with IMTS again. I could not agree with you more, Jason. I think it's time for us to really get back and have that social intimacy with our peers, actually see the machine tools live, yeah, cutting metal, shake hands, making the noise, shake or fist hands, bump. or a hug if you want to hug somebody. I like hugs. And then go out for a drink afterwards or dinner or whatever. We're in go downtown the Chicago, bar. the epitome of the city, right? It's going to be fun. What does the Metalworking Nation need to do? They need to go to imts.com now. It's free. It's great. Jason and I are going to be there every day, along with Nick on the Grand Concourse stage. So come and see us, imts.com. Welcome to Making Chips. We believe that manufacturing is challenging, but if you are connected to a community of leaders, you can elevate your skills, solve your problems, and grow your business. I'm your host, Jason Zenger, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Jim Carr. Hey. Hey, I wanted to thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Whenever you go, we always talk about at, For lunch. at the boring bar. It's our like makeshift bar. And whenever you go to the bar, like one of those old school bars, they always have the nut mix, the snack mix on the <laughs> counter. And nobody wants to eat that, right? Yes. But it's so appealing because it's got all like kind of fun nuts and crackers and stuff in it and whatever. Yeah. And you have your own here that I do trust is clean and nobody sneezed on. So no. thank, thank you for sharing that with You're me and, and making me feel like I'm just sitting yeah. here at the bar having a drink with you. No more ashtrays at the bar either. Right, exactly. <laughs> so I just wanted to thank you for that. But yeah, no worries. Here we are. We're just doing like a little bit of an impromptu episode. There's been a lot of talk about the great resignation. And there's a lot of people out there that you see looking for jobs and looking for whatever their next opportunity is. And I want to take a different perspective on that. And I want everybody in the metalworking nation to ask themselves, what do you do when somebody does resign? Like, How do you handle the departure of that person? Because I think handling that in a dignified manner is really important for a few reasons. I mean, we have our own things that we do a process, if you will. Sure. But I'm even talking about like outside of the process, but I want to hear your process. I'm thinking a little bit differently than that. But before we get into this episode, what's new going on with you, Jim? Oh, wow. You're talking business or business, personal? Whatever. whatever. New Doosan DVF 5000 with an eight pallet pool was just delivered. I think it was early last week waiting for the installation on that. The electrician actually is coming out on Saturday. So we're excited about that. All we're thinking nowadays, Jason, is automation, automation, automation. Got to make more parts with less people. Yeah, And lights out. Yeah. There's 24 hours of the day. If you can be making chips for 24 hours a day, that's key. You're in a good spot. I've had that discussion with my metalworking specialist, Tom Sanger, who's been on the show before. And I want him to identify one of our clients who we could have 
on making chips who's done lights out manufacturing yeah. well because I think it would be good for the metal me. nation to learn about that absolutely from an it, expert it is the next big thing in our industry for sure absolutely without a doubt yeah you have to do that you have to what's up with you Jason tell me some good stuff that's happening at Zanger's Black we are growing and we're hiring to anticipate growth. We're buying new vending machines for our new clients. I mean, it's been good. So I'm really excited about the growth prospects for the future just in general. I'm going to be onboarding a new administrative director. He's going to be in a leadership position. And that person is going to help me not only with my own administration, because I'm really bad at it, as you know. I definitely agree to that. At least you know that. Yeah, it's not my strong suit. And so I'm bringing somebody on who I put that person through kind of like independent testing as it related to administration. And he scored an A minus on the test. Heck yeah. I really feel like he's going to be good. He's trustworthy. He came from a very dear friend of mine. He actually used to be a pastor, kind of a side story. But yeah, he's coming on to really help my company out with all of our administrative tasks. Good luck, man. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. But why don't we talk about a little bit of manufacturing news? What do you think about what's going on in the Ukraine? Oh, boy, that's a really tough one. You know I watch the news every night. I record it so I can play it back so I don't miss out on anything. And mm-hmm. I see it every night. Actually, my wife cannot even watch anymore. She breaks down in tears I know, every night. I, I, Honest, it's bad. Yeah, I don't really like watching all the time. So I feel like I could be wrong about this. It's depressing. It's really peaking. And I hope that it doesn't end up truly being World War Three. I feel like we were not designed to bear the burden of the world's problems as individuals. You know what I mean? Like we were only made to bear the burdens of the people that are close to us. And I feel like with just TV, which has only been around for a hundred years, it puts so many of those burdens on us and that's tough. And I feel like me as an individual, I can do a couple things. I can pray for those people. I can donate my money. I don't know what else I can do besides that, you know? And, I, it, just, and it just ends up depressing me. Last night I watched on the news, there's Americans there helping the Ukrainians fight. Right. I mean, I... But what can, what can I you and I do? I admire them so much. I'm not leaving my family to go at my age. Could you imagine? Yeah. But I mean, there are people that are doing that. Yeah. I saw uh, an interview with a gentleman, probably 10 years older than you. And he than was, me? Yeah. That's it, old. No, no. But he was from the Ukraine. And he was like, if I need to pick up a weapon and fight, I, I will. Yeah. You know? I, I believe I mean, President Zelensky would do that too if he had yeah, to. Yeah. So what I want to talk about really briefly, though, is a little bit about the Ukraine. So Ukraine is actually the largest country solely in Europe. Did you know that? I did not know that. So Russia is partially in Europe and partially in Asia. Ukraine is the largest country wholly in Europe. And it's actually a very big manufacturing country as well. Yeah. What kind of manufacturing? Industrial manufacturing? Industrial. They do some aerospace and aircraft manufacturing, but just a lot of general manufacturing, you know, their steel production. I don't know what I would have thought of, but I would not have thought of manufacturing. And unfortunately, the only thing, at least in the near future for the people of Ukraine is going to be more poverty and more inflation and it's bad. It's very sad to see. It really so, is. But yeah, I just wanted to mention that. Yeah, our thoughts are with it. all the Ukrainian people out there, and we hope that this conflict can get resolved in a timely manner. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What do you want to talk about today? I just want to talk about what to do when either you have to let somebody go or they resign. They resign. Well, those are two completely different scenarios. They are, but I think in a lot of those ways, you can handle them similarly because hopefully you've treated your people well enough so that even when they do resign, they resign in a way that is they're respectful of you and then you're respectful of them. I would feel like I failed 
if somebody resigned. Absolutely. And you know what? There's always going to be some situations where you hire the wrong person and they do some things that Absolutely. You know, maybe you have to let them go for insubordination, malfeasance, whatever else that there is. What is a malfeasance? I look up the definition, but it- Do I have to? No, you don't have to. Okay, thank you. I believe it just has to do with... Is it being naughty? Being naughty. Yeah, okay. let's just call it that. Let's just be at that. Let's call it being naughty. <laughs> okay. That's not the Webster's definition, but <laughs> I think that's close enough. <laughs> okay. I know what insubordination is, but I'm not... Malfeasance sounds really bad. <laughs> so there's like malfeasance and there's variations of that, like mm-hmm. from a, an attorney standpoint. But okay. Yeah, we'll just call it being naughty. Okay, so. sounds good. Anyway, obviously something's happened at Zangers where you want to talk about this. No, no, no. It's okay. I can tell. So the gentleman that does our bandsaw blade welding, and he actually does the coolant management for our clients. So he goes out to our clients and he takes coolant samples and just kind of inspects and makes sure that everything is... On the refractometer? Yeah. He uses the refractometer and he also does what we call the taste and smell test, you know, just to make sure that there's no issues. If it smells, it ain't good. Yeah. He interviews the users and makes sure that there's no issues. It's kind of like an added service that we do for some of our coolant clients. And he's going to be leaving. He's taking a job in IT. Well, that's a switch of careers. Yeah, it's a switch of careers. So that's why it doesn't feel like a slight to me or anything like that. I mean, he felt really bad when he had to tell me what was going on in the first place. And he was like, I love the company. I love working for you. I love all of my teammates. But he was like, I'm making a career move because I want to do something different. And life goes on. And life goes on. And that's just the kind of guy he is and we'll miss him. And there's a certain way that you handle that. And I think one of the things that you can do is you can recognize them publicly, whether that's just recognize them during a meeting and be like, hey, Hung is leaving. He's been a great member of the team for seven years, but he's taking a different path now. Or you can have a little party or you can have just drinks after work or something like that. But I think having that send-off party, it just gives people the notion that, hey... It's amicable. It's amicable. Yes, yes. Yeah, and we're going to celebrate this person doing something different. Right. Obviously, if they were going to work for a competitor, maybe that part you would handle Mm. a little bit differently. You wouldn't be throwing them a party. You may or you may not. You know what I mean? Right. You have to think about how you handle that. I had another gentleman that left and we weren't able to have a party for him. But one of the things that we did during our team health meeting is that we just shared some stories very briefly about him. We were like, I remember when Craig did this. And even though he wasn't there at the time, we wanted to you know, kind of just celebrate honor him. him and honor him in yeah. his leaving and stuff like that because he didn't get to say goodbye to some people. Do you have a process when somebody... Well, when you have to terminate their employment, A, and then B, if they resign, do you have a standard process? That's one of the things I don't have. Okay. I have a very distinct hiring process. I do not have a very distinct offboarding process. I would say that from a personal standpoint, I handle it very similarly each time, but I don't have a written process. Do you? Um, Some of it is written. Some of it is not. Okay. What part of it's written? Well, a resignation letter. I have a templated resignation letter. That you ask them to sign? Absolutely. Okay. And, wh- and why do you do that? Because I've never They're done leaving that. on their own free will. The, okay. I'm not terminating them. I'm not firing them because that's for unemployment compensation. Okay. Understood. I have to determine, A, does this person need to leave immediately or can we keep this person on to train or onboard a new employee. Yeah, so like so in the, my specific instance with this bandsaw blade welder and coolant manager, he's giving us till the end of the month, so like over a couple weeks. But if this person is going to a competitor, and the, the reason this person could potentially be leaving is because benefits, salary, closer to work. Whatever else, yeah. 
So that could cause a riff in your current employment. Absolutely. And that's why I think sometimes you have to make the decision, do we let this person leave right away yeah. or do we wait? Yeah. So, so it's like, I accept your resignation, but I'd like thing. you to leave sooner. Yes. Yeah. That's the first thing I think of. And then I, th- I try to have an exit interview because I need to learn from mistakes that have made because obviously something didn't go right. I don't know what that is. But I believe that the employee that's leaving could potentially give me some good knowledge because in our culture here at CAR, it's all about good collaborative communication. Yep. yep. I'm pretty confident everybody here at CAR does that. So we need to tell each other how we're feeling mm-hmm. about why we're making the choices we are. Right. I so, agree with that. Yeah. I definitely have those conversations as well. First thing is, do I keep them or have them leave right away? Then I do the exit interview, and then I have them sign that resignation letter. Okay. That's about it. And then, of course, we have to inspect their toolbox, because mm-hmm. if they're a machinist, you don't know if they've got micrometer. It's just, it's a formality. I trust everybody, yeah. but it's still Maybe a they formal- made a mistake. Yeah, th- yeah. They, it was an oversight on their yeah. part. So we need to check their toolboxes to make sure that they don't have any of our tools, or we don't have any of their tools. What if yeah. they had a six-inch mic that was in our QC lab? being calibrated. We don't want their tools. So these are just formalities of ending a relationship. Is there anything from like a proprietary standpoint and how they process jobs that would be not documented or is all of that already documented and out of their heads that you need to get written down? Everything's in our ERP system pro shop. As a matter of fact, you know, Paul wants us to call him because he said he's got some really good yeah, let's give him a insight call. into what to do when an employee leaves. He said to give us a call if you start talking about that. So let's give him a call. Yeah, let's do it. Hello, Jason. Hey, Paul. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. You, Jim's here too. Say hi. Hey, Paul. Hey, Jim. Hey, Paul. So we're talking about what to do when either somebody resigns or somebody leaves the company or you fire them. And we started off this conversation by saying, you want to handle this in a dignified manner, not only for their sake, but also for the sake of your company and how the rest of the team is watching you. But from your perspective, as somebody who designs a manufacturing ERP system, is there something built into the software that is also helpful in this circumstance? For sure. Well, I mean, to emphasize your point, absolutely, about doing it with grace. I don't think there's really ever a situation ever where doing something without care and attention to sort of the human aspect of things is always the right way to go. Right, right. Like Jason said, dignity, it's really important. Absolutely. Yeah. But don't you always feel like you failed when an employee leaves, Paul? I feel like sometimes I've failed as an employer because I missed something. I missed an insight that I should have picked up on. But you could look at it from a different perspective. Like in my case, you know, he's just moving on to a different career. Okay. And a totally different path that he feels is going to be more fulfilling to him that I just couldn't possibly offer him. Yeah. I just shared a story yesterday. We had two brothers that worked for us at our shop. They wanted to start their own company. Oh, wow their own machine shop. And we actually sold them one of our old machines and encouraged them and helped them. And they became a great vendor for us. Uh, We outsourced a lot of work to them. And then they eventually became a software company's customer as well. But yeah, so I think if it is the situation where either it's, it's not working out, doing that with care and love the best you can is great. And if they're just moving on to different, bigger, better things, 
supporting them, encouraging them is always the best option. Don't burn bridges. Never yeah, burn bridges. don't burn bridges. Yeah, like Tom Sanger and I talk about that all the time. I mean, you don't want to burn bridges. People are going to end up going to another shop and you want to maintain those relationships. Absolutely. And I call it closing the door lightly. Oh, okay. There you go. So Yeah, I, yeah. Like, that. I like that. So as far as some of the logistical things, I mean, in this day and age, trying to retain as much of that knowledge that those workers have is just so, so important. So this obviously starts much earlier on than the few weeks before someone leaves, or if you're going to fire them, obviously, you don't generally give them a ton of notice. <laughs> right. But, um, we, we just talked about yeah, that. Yeah. In ProShop specifically, there's certainly a number of things that we can that help with that transition process. First of all, on the security side, you can go and disable their profile if they have a two-factor authentication key for extra security, you can disable that as well. So there's no possible way they can access any of your data or try to steal your client list or who knows what if they try to do something malicious as retaliatory. And then on the sort of more kind of HR side, um, in ProShop, of course, because we have the full org chart and the training module and all of the tasks and requirements for that employee, it's very easy then to see all the responsibilities and possibly then just reassign them to someone else, either temporarily or oh, if you hire someone to replace that person. Gotcha. I understand exactly what you're talking about. It's very easy because it's already in the system what John Doe was doing. So you just have to redirect it to somebody else or yeah, split it up. Can, yep, of course. Yeah. And depending on how that person's being replaced or not replaced is uh, an important factor in how you're going to handle that. But the thing is, all of the training that that person did and was educated on will be easy to, because it's all documented already. We know exactly what that person was doing based on what the ERP system said to us. Yeah. When you hire someone new, let's say you're going to hire someone new to replace them. Exactly. You put that new employee's name in the company position you're hiring for, and it auto propagates the list of all the training needs that that person needs to get now. And so it's just, you know, as you know, Jim, it just shows up on their training list, right. things they need to get trained in. And they can see who the trainers are, depending on if your training is just sort of, you know, in person with somebody or watching video or doing some other type of training, you can start executing that and get them up to speed as quick as possible. Great. We were just talking about training in our weekly QC meeting today, Paul. So yeah, I get it. I get it. Such an important topic. Yeah, it really is. And ProShop is a great, great tool to manage that. So, Paul, you're the owner of ProShop. Can you tell the Metalworking Nation where they can go <laughs> to find more information about your software? Well, certainly our main website, ProShopERP.com. But it's always fun to go check out LoveYourERP.com as well. Great. And it's always okay to hit me up if you want to ask me an unbiased question. Yeah, if you want a testimonial. Yeah. yeah. Thank Contact you so Jim. much, Jim. You're welcome. Yeah. Of course. And I know you visited with uh, a guy that was in the area. Yeah, that on, was uh, yesterday. That so was fun. Thank you for opening your doors to him. Of course, that's the kind of person I am. I like to be the networking guy. We got to keep the manufacturers close to each other and promote each other's success. We're that's all what making team. chips is all Absolutely. about. hundred percent. You bet. Good talking to you, Paul. Thanks, right, Paul. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. You, you too. too. Well, that was great that Paul, we got to talk to Paul and he's always got a little, a good perspective, right. a different perspective. Right. Because he's from the software, the yeah. process and, he's, side. and he listens to a lot of other manufacturers and hears how they he, do things. Definitely. 100%. You know, and adapts his software to that. So that's yep. great.
Now, another subject, you know, we talked about if somebody resigns, but sometimes you have to let somebody go for cause. And what I would say in that kind of a situation is handle things as much as you possibly can at the highest possible level. And what I mean by that is if you have to let somebody go for cause, there still has to be a way that you can respect that person. And that could be respecting them by simply not saying anything about them if it's that bad. Give me an example. Well, what if somebody had to be let go for cause? What if they were stealing? Insubordinate. Oh, stealing. Stealing, insubordinate, whatever it else That sounds like a malfeasance to me. Yeah. So like in that kind of a situation, you're not going to have a send-off party for them. No. You're not going to do some of those stuff. I'm not going to crack a bottle of Cabernet Sauvignon. You're not necessarily going to wish them the best, unless the best is just never to interact with your company (laughs) again. But one of the things that you, again... Your team is watching. So what you want to do is you want to respect them as much as possible. Of so course. as much as you possibly can, and this goes against our intuition for most people, is try not to speak ill of them. As you discuss the issues, discuss them in as small of a circle as you possibly can. And if there is something nice that you can say about them, maybe they didn't do everything correctly and they did some bad things, but maybe there was one core value that they were really embodied and you can mention that. They obviously were We're doing something right at some time, right? Because you'd hire them. Exactly. It's like, we're going to miss this about this person. And I would say you just want to support that person as much as possible. It's like, how would you want to be treated if you had to resign? Like, how would you want your employer to treat you? These are the questions that you should be asking yourself. How would you want to be treated if you were in their shoes? How do you want this to look if you ran into this person at the grocery store? Or if you ran into this person at IMTS? Right. Do you want it to be awkward? Or do you want it to be joyful? Do you want it to be where you avoid that person? Or do you want to give them a hug? And I think that those are the questions that you need to ask yourself. Yeah. Well, I doubt if somebody, if I found somebody blatantly stealing from me, I don't think I'm going to want to give them a hug no, when I, I see him at Chili's. I'm, I'm saying, you know, I'm saying in general, yeah, I kind of move past that that whole notion of letting people go for cause. But just in general, how would you want them of to be course, treated? You of know, course, even if they just resigned and they like a human, like a human, yeah, yes. yeah, the golden rule. I agree. Is there anything else about your process that you do that we didn't touch on? No, not really. I mean, that's about it. I think for the most part. It depends. I've had people stay. I've had people leave. And when my dad was running the industry, it was a completely different. Oh my God. It uh, was, what would your dad do? Oh, he would get out of here. Jim, let's do a role play. <laughs> if what was your dad's name? Richard. Richard. Richard, I found another job at the job shop down the street. Dead silence. Okay, Jason, I'll check out your toolbox in 30 minutes and I'll have a paycheck for you. So that's what he would do. He would literally go like write a check and get you out of there. Oh, (laughs) he'd pull the time card out of the slot in the back of the shop. He'd go in. have. But Richard, I'm not starting for two weeks. I want to work for another two weeks. I'm sorry, but you're going to have to leave us today. I'll check out your toolbox. He he was going to yell at me or something. No, he wasn't a yeller, but it was always he'd pull the time card or else let's say you're working in the shop. He knows you're he's going to fire you. Today's the day. Yeah. Maybe I was punching, I was taking a nap on the job or, you know, punching out incorrectly. He would go to the back, pull the card and bring it in to our secretary and say, here, Linda, or here, Nancy, or here, Pat, Jason's not going to be with us as of two o'clock today, make out his paycheck. He doesn't know yet. He doesn't. Yeah. But if he goes in back, his card's missing. That would not be (laughs) happy. I would not be happy watching that. That's what I'm trying to shed. All of that. Old, icky, <laughs> icky way of doing things. Yeah. The old manufacturing way. But we have and we've evolved. I thought you were going to say he was going to swear at me and tell no, me. Like, no, no, no. Yeah, he, 
He probably didn't swear as much as I do, but he did swear nonetheless. God bless him. Is there anything that you learned in this episode that you might want to incorporate into your process as it relates to offboarding somebody? No, not particularly. I think that we're both on the same page. Okay. I think that there's just a little bit more documentation. I think I might incorporate that. Yeah. It's easy too. It's just a formality. Yeah. In our HR system, we can very easily produce that letter and have them electronically sign it. And so that's no big deal. I've never had that issue where somebody resigned and then they tried to collect unemployment. But you know what? It makes it easier. It makes it easier. But you've never recognized, have you ever recognized somebody in one of your company meetings and or had a drink with them during that two-week period or anything like that? Nothing stands out in my head. Okay. Is that not something you would want to do? No, not necessarily. Not necessarily at all. Just not your style? I don't know. I think it's different for the person that's in my shop. You know, yep. we're not a really big company. Right. We don't have a lot of turnover. Right. So, you know, I think it's as needed. Yep. So, Metalworking Nation, if you learned something from this episode, if you picked up some kind of tip for how you might do things differently, all Jim and I ask is for two things. What's that? Rate and review the podcast, give us five stars, and then send this episode to one of your colleagues and spread the word. That's all we ask for. Yeah. Is get the word out That's about easy. making chips. We can do it. And you know our mantra, Jim? What is it? If you're not making chips, you're not making money. Bam. Bam. Thanks for listening to the Making Chips Podcast. Jim and Jason knew that the metalworking nation, the community of world-class makers, needed to commit to a new way of leading to stay ahead of the competition. So, Making Chips was created to fill that void, to give you advice from other manufacturing leaders who can push you to take action. Your manufacturing challenges have a solution. And many of them are at makingchips.com.